Yeah, welcome to an all new edition of the John Cash Show podcast. It's the quarantine edition. Glad to be able to speak with you all. Um, hope everyone is holding up well during COVID 19. Happy belated Mother's Day to all the wonderful mothers out there. Welcome also to the 20 additional territories that can experience the John Cash Show podcast. Uh, is including but not limited to Iraq, Kosovo, Libya, Maldives, Montenegro, Morocco, Rwanda, Serbia, Tonga, Zambia, and Afghan Afghanistan, plus um, <clears throat> a few more. Sorry. So I just would like to say thank you, and hopefully you'll enjoy. Now this episode, we will talk about NFL star Earl Thomas being held at gunpoint by his wife. Princess Love filing for divorce from Ray J, and much, much more. But before we go into that, um, sadly, news came out last week pertaining to an unarmed black man being murdered. It's far too often that we hear this story be it coming back from the convenience store with Skittles, leaving your bachelor, bachelor party and having a brush in your hand, coming home from a long day's work and just happen to pull out your wallet, driving while black, walking while black, shopping while black, I'm talking about the unfortunate tragedy of 25-year-old Ahmad Aubrey, also known as the Georgia Jogger, who was hunted, hunted, let me repeat that, hunted, in a video that was widely shared and released on multiple media outlets and on social media. The outcry led to the arrest of Gregory McMichael, 64 years old, and Travis McMichael, 34 years old. Now, unfortunately, it took 74 days, 74 days, you would have thought that this incident happened last week, but no, it actually happened on February the 23rd of 2020, this killing. The video shows Ahmad jogging along the road and well, really pretty much being chased by these two savages who wanted to place him under a citizen's arrest. Now, this show is normally, you know, all about groceries and all about having fun, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But as a black man in America, I cannot stand by and see such injustice happen 
and not comment on it. That would be absolutely irresponsible to the position that I hold as a podcaster, as a personality, as a host. It's instances like this where we have to use this platform to speak up. Now, more than ever, it's very important to know your rights, know your freedoms and know your liberties. Now, more than ever, we have to stand strong in our resolve to find justice and see this through. An arrest does not necessarily mean a conviction. We cannot stop at just an arrest. No, we cannot. Multiple, numerous police officers who shot unarmed African-Americans were found not guilty because they used the defense that they were scared for their life. George Zimmerman, the man who killed Trayvon Martin, was found not guilty and also ever so often pops his head up out of the sand and taunts the family, autographing package of Skittles, trying to auction off paintings. We have to, in this case, see the thing all the way through. We cannot rest on our laurels. We cannot rest and hope and pray that this lynching, because that's what it is. Let's call a spade a spade. Let's call a thing a thing. This modern day lynching, that this family, the Aubrey family, will hopefully see justice, unlike so many other people before them. So, with that being said, please rest in peace, Ahmad. And I hope that you get the justice that other people before you did not get. Okay. Moving right along, um, you know, it's kind of rough transitioning from uh, such a story like that um, to the stories that we talk about, but I'm going to transition. Last week, last Wednesday, it was reported that Earl Thomas was held at gunpoint by his wife in a blow-up over alleged cheating. Now I'm going to read the article from uh, TMZ. 
NFL star Earl Thomas is lucky to be alive after cops say his wife held a loaded gun less than a foot from his head after she allegedly caught him cheating with another woman. It's all spelled out in court documents obtained by TMZ Sports detailing a violent April 13th altercation involving the Baltimore Ravens player Nina Thomas and several other people. The Austin Police Department responded to a home in the Austin, Texas area at 3.41 a.m. after getting a call about a disturbance. When cops arrived, they say, we observed that a black female wearing an orange sweater with a knife in her hand, later identified as Nina Thomas, was chasing a shirtless black male, later identified as Earl Thomas, with a pistol in his hand, around in her hand around a vehicle. Cops drew their weapons and ordered b- both Nina and Earl to the ground, and they complied without incident. And that's when the investigation began, and things got wild. Now, here's Nina's story. Now, this is according to TMZ. Nina claims that Earl left their home earlier in the day after an argument over Earl Thomas's drinking, allegedly. She claimed that Earl's brother, Seth Thomas, picked him up. But a short time later, she decided to check on his whereabouts by logging into his Snapchat account. And that's when she says she found video of Earl with another woman. Nina says, you already know where this is going. Nina says she used Earl's Snapchat account to track his location to a nearby Airbnb rental home. Now, you see, that's where you fucked up at. You'd be putting the locations in. She says she called up two other women to help her confront Earl at the pad. Oh, she called her girlfriend. Nina also claims she grabbed Earl's pistol, a 9mm Beretta, in the process with the intention to scare him, quote-unquote. When the women arrived at the house, they discovered Earl and Seth naked in bed with other women. Ooh, oh, shit. <laughs> Ooh. Let's get to This is ghetto, but it's juicy and it's good. Let me continue reading. That's when Nina admits she pulled out the gun and put it to Earl's head, stating this motherfucker here, (laughs) stating that she took out the magazine thinking that the gun could not fire. But cops said Nina was aware that the gun had a round in the chamber. That's what mm -hmm, she knew what she was doing. She was like, this motherfucker here. Got the nerve in these coronavirus streets to be sleeping with these bitches. Cops says one of the women in the house shot cell phone video of the incident, which they say shows Nina pointing the gun at Earl's head from less than a foot away. And it can be clearly seen that Nina's finger was on the trigger and the safety is disengaged. Fortunately for Earl, cops say the Ravens defensive back was able to wrestle the gun away from her. Cops say that the cell phone video also shows Nina striking Earl in the nose before it ends. She's like, motherfucker. You know, she was like Diamond at the end of the Players Club. Cops also spoke with Earl, who essentially corroborated the story, adding that Nina repeatedly hit him while he attempted to take the firearm away. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I live for Nina. I live for Nina. You know, my my family is full of Nina's. In an interview with Earl's alleged mistress at the scene, she claimed Nina also threatened her and the other women in the house, pointing the gun at them and yelling, I got something for all you hoes. Oh, yes. (laughs) If that ain't Players Club 101, I don't know what is. 
But um, uh, let's see. Uh, Nina was arrested, and also both of her, uh, both of the members of her posse, uh, according to TMZ, Nina was booked for burglary of a residence with intent to commit aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, family vi- violence, and later was bonded out. So Nina, 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 sweetie, you can't be involved. You can't be involved with a, an athlete and expect him to be faithful. You can't be involved with the athlete, an actor, uh, entertainer, and expect them to be faithful. They get pussy thrown at them 24-7. And some get bussy thrown at them. And if you don't know what bussy is, it's boy pussy. I guess. Butt pussy. Look at uh, Big Mouth. <laughs> you can tell when... My niece ain't in the house, and I'm not babysitting. <laughs> but, yes, they get that thrown at them 24-7. You have to build up a tolerance. And if you're not going to, in all honesty, if you're not going to be able to handle it, then maybe you should date um, somebody from the office. And not necessarily an athlete or a preacher or a entertainer, a politician. You know, date Greg from accounting who doesn't go away for work, you know. And sorry to if there's any Gregs in my listening audience that's in accounting. That was just the first name that popped up in my head. I, I don't mean to start no shit in your household. Okay. I don't want I don't want your Nina or Nino, whatever you into. Shout out to the Rainbow Coalition. Love y'all. Um I don't want to start no shit on y'all in. Cause these are quarantine times and y'all want that in-house quarantine dick or ass or pussy. So keep it keep it going. Okay. Moving right along, let's jump from a marriage uh, squabble to who a marriage dissolved. Now, news came out that Princess Love filed for divorce from Ray J after four years, almost four years of marriage. Now, New York Post says that Princess Love filed papers on Tuesday, which was last Tuesday. Uh, May the 5th, Cinco de Mayo, okay, in L.A. County Superior Court. She and Ray J, 39, had already been living separately after their epic Las Vegas meltdown last year, and who can forget about that, in which Love accused Ray J of stranding her and their one-year-old daughter, Melody, in Sin City following the BET uh, Soul Train Awards. The divorce will come as no surprise, of course, to anyone familiar with the debacle, after which Love said that she had no desire to be married any longer, and Ray J was snapped out and about without his wedding band. Now, back in January, the couple welcomed a baby boy named Epic Ray Norwood, 
say that three times fast. And earlier this month, um, it was reported that Princess Love was keeping Ray J in quarantine and monitoring his activities through Instagram in a hotel 10 minutes away from his L.A. home before allowing him to see the children. Now, either this is a play on them getting that top billing status on Love and Hip Hop Hollywood when it resumes uh, production, or it's a wrap. Now, we've seen them have issues play out on TV. Remember, not too long ago, Ray J kindly guided or pushed, more aptly uh, put, Princess in the Pool. Now, you can look that up on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not making that up. Um, so, yeah, they, they are... They were a toxic couple, but you know what? Toxicity sells, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're sitting along, well, not sitting alongside because everybody's social distancing, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're on a Zoom meeting right now with Mona Scott plotting out the next two seasons of Love and Hip Hop Hollywood, how, or the next three seasons, how they, number one, they fighting and separating and then they almost close to divorce, but the last episode, there's like this candlelit dinner with tea lights everywhere, rose petals everywhere, in a hotel room. Then they they announce that they have decided to call off the separation, call off the divorce. They're gonna work on their marriage. Then midway through second season, they're gonna announce that she's pregnant again. And then the third season, they have the third kid. I'm calling it now. I just I just mapped out the next three seasons of their their storyline on Love and Hip Hop Hollywood. So if <laughs> that comes true, you know, I, I'm not a psychic. I don't claim to be, but maybe I might be. So, yes. Yeah, so I guess. I don't know. You got to stay tuned for that. And I guess it's a way for them to pretty much, I I guess, boost ratings. Because I think that's the the lowest rated franchise out of all of them, out of New York, Miami. Um, Miami might be actually the lowest, but Atlanta and New York are the top two, if I'm not mistaken. I think I read that. But Hollywood don't really generate that type of publicity. So they're pulling out all the stops. They got Lil Fizz sleeping with April to get Amarion's upset. And uh, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. Speaking of a lot, you have some morons that are hosting COVID-19 parties. Yes, you heard that right. I was taking a swig of water. You have idiots <laughs> hosting COVID-19 parties to intentionally catch the virus. Now, the Washington State County of Walla Walla reported this new trend that has emerged in which healthy individuals hang out with an infected person in hopes of contracting and then overcoming the infectious disease. Why the hell do people do that? 
Well, I guess they're thrill seekers because you got some people out there that's called um, bug chasers. And the, uh, I want to say, well, no, that there's people that are bug chasers who chase HIV. Um, This trend was popular a few years ago in order for people to get assistance with housing. I don't know if it's still popular, but it was, you know, people would intentionally sleep with somebody who's HIV positive in order to get housing and in order to get benefits. And I'm not sure if any of you guys are aware, because I know we have listeners outside of the New York metropolitan area, stand up, everybody in the New York uh, tri-state area. Um, You know, we got listeners in Georgia, Texas, California, North Dakota, Nevada, New Mexico, all all other 50 states pretty much, um, except for Alaska. Well, no, Alaska was, I just checked the report. Yeah, Alaska was the last one. So pretty much all the 50 states. Now, New York is historically the most uh, liberal in terms of giving. I believe you get up to $1,500 for a program called HASA. I'm not sure if they changed the parameters, but if you meet the qualifications and you are HIV positive, you get that voucher. They pay for your rent up to $1,500 Um, if you qualify, if you qualify, then you get enhanced uh, public assistance and you get enhanced uh, food stamps. They have not established that with this COVID. So I don't know why the fuck people are doing it. I guess they're trying to get out of work for two weeks. Trust me, I had it. It's not worth it. I had COVID. It's not worth it at all. I literally thought that it was going to be my last days here on earth. And like I say, I am so glad to be able to speak and talk with you guys after that experience. I literally don't take any more. Not that I took any before, but I'm not taking anyone's bullshit. Um, When you go through a a life altering uh, situation like that, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Well, there's one person I would wish it on because they're a worthless piece of uh, shit. Uh, They're a scumbag, Taiwan. Um, (laughs) You know me, I'm not really afraid to name names. But I I don't see the purpose of why people would host this. This is a very risky virus. There's no treatment. There's no cure or the treatment and cure are in the very, very infant stages. You got one study one day that says this, you got one study the next day that says that. It's not uh, fully fleshed out. You're not even sure if you could get reinfected once you uh, pass through those symptoms. So it's not worth it. And, you know, in this county in Washington, it's at least 25 people who have come down with this virus after attending these uh, dangerous functions. So just be careful. If you're invited to a party, make sure it's not a COVID party. Be responsible, okay? (laughs) Please be responsible. Because just because it, 
it might have not done a number on the next person's body doesn't mean that it might not do a number on your body. So please, please, please be responsible. And the this next story is <sighs> I know some of y'all listen to my show and like, where the fuck does he get these stories from? But you know, I read a lot of, of blogs and read a lot of newspapers. I wake up every day about four thirty, five o'clock in the morning and I read the, the the Daily News, the New York Daily News, Washington Post, uh, New York Post, uh, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, uh, USA, USA Today. So I read all these publications and blogs and stuff, and I and TMZ, and I come across some of the most interesting stories, and I just literally my email inbox is filled with. <laughs> with articles that I'm like, I'm going to read that later. I'm going to read that later. I'm going to read that later. And when I read it, I'm like, this is definitely what I have to talk about on the show. So, I mean, hopefully all goes well, I mean, with his healing. But Queen, uh, well, Brian May of the legendary, legendary band, Queen, was hospitalized after ripping his butt muscles to shreds while gardening. <sighs> yes. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, yes. I don't know if that's a code word in uh, the UK. I don't know if that's code word for hoeing. I, I, I don't know. But on this past Wednesday, the Queen guitarist shared an Instagram from the hospital wearing a face mask, revealing that he tore his butt muscles, quote unquote, to shreds while gardening. He says, I managed to rip my gluteus maximus to shreds in a moment of over-enthusiastic gardening. So suddenly I found myself in a hospital getting scanned to find out exactly how much I've actually damaged myself. Turns out I did a thorough job. <coughs> this is a couple of days ago and I won't be able to walk for a while or sleep without a lot of assistance because the pain is relentless. You think you ripped your whole ass. <sighs> anyway. Uh, really quick, according to April Ryan on Twitter, and she's very, you know, she's, uh, very, uh, reliable out in these streets. She sent out a tweet that says, I'm hearing on good authority that coronavirus is more rampant in the White House than the public is being told. A very high-ranking individual may have also been impacted. The administration is currently mum on the matter, seeking prayers instead. Hashtag COVID-19. And that's what she tweeted uh, May the 10th, 2020, 8.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay? So... The coronavirus is hitting harder than being let on. Like I, like I figured, 
the numbers are not accurate at all. It's being underreported. It's taking forever to, for people to get tests. It's taking forever for people to get accurately diagnosed, treated, and cared uh, cared for. So, uh, like I always say, thank you guys for taking the time out to listen and support and download and play the show, share the show, uh, give kind words of feedback, encouragement. It means so much. And uh, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I'm trying to figure out what best way to help people out in this time of need. I am trying to coordinate with other people. Uh, I want to do this efficiently and effectively. So like I said before, thank you. And I'll give more details later. So like I said before, thank you for listening. Uh, You are amazing. You are strong. You are wonderful. You are resilient. You are the epitome of strength. To go through this, wherever you are, to be under stay-at-home orders, especially if you're in the New York tri-state area, and for you to even be able to breathe without getting anxious. You're amazing. And if you do get anxious, you're still amazing. Take this time out to reset. Don't think about the negativity. Don't think about what could have been. Think about what is going to be and what is going to happen when you're on the other side of this thing. Now, nobody knows the day or the hour. Nobody knows the week or the month. But do know that you will get through this. Because you know why? You've already gotten over 100% of the worst days of your life. So with that being said, stay away from negative people. Because more than likely, they're negative bank accounts. And I would like to also say happy birthday to one of my dearest and closest friends, Kelly. I love you. And I appreciate the fact that we're able to see eye to eye right now. I know I'm not always easy. But like I said, I appreciate you. I love you. And happy birthday. You're forever in my heart. God bless you. Good night. Good day, good afternoon, good morning, whenever you're listening to this. Talk to you later.